Welcome to Longfellow and Little Folk, a podcast of little things for little people and their mamas too. I'm Kara. Thanks for joining in. Hi everyone, it's January and I am barely eking this little episode out. I love listening to podcasts. And there is an excessively abundant supply of them out there. So if you are here, thank you. Thanks for being here. This month's episode isn't tied to any one thing I picked up as I thrifted this month. It's more tied to an experience that came along the way of doing the actual thrifting. I do have a particular time for thrifting. And it's called The Margins of My Life. One of my favorite spots is right next to the grocery store in our neighborhood. So on nights when we're missing an ingredient for dinner or need to pick up a prescription, I will run out after my husband is home from work and run by the thrift store after the grocery run or the other errands. So the majority of my thrifting right now happens in that 5 to 6 p.m. hour between handing the kids off and then getting back home to finish dinner. And so far, it works, and it's good because I have to make quick decisions. I am slow at everything in my life except when I'm in a thrift store on the clock. So I have to scan and dart my way through. Anyway, this month I had a baby cutting molars. We had a round of stomach flu, and I was just that kind of hitting the wall tired. So squeezing in this project was rough. It was happening when the kids were around and needing me. And it became clear fast that I needed to cut things short. And I am not embarrassed to say that I am never hit or spoken to in a less than desirable tone of voice by a child more than when I am engaged in my creative space here on the gram. And that's when I remembered something my aunt shared with me over Christmas time this year. Something that her doctor shared with her. The doctor's name is, was Gregory White. I think he's still alive. Some of you may be familiar with La Leche League. It's an international breastfeeding support system. And it started in Chicago with a group of women. And one of the founding moms was Mary White, Dr. Gregory White's wife. And I think they had 11 kids. So quite a bit of experience with littles and probably with misbehaving littles, too. Anyway, his advice to my aunt that she passed on to me was, when children are not at their best, grab a piece of fruit and sit at the table. They need your eyeballs. And I love that. It was really helpful, and it stuck with me. They need my eyeballs. And that leads into the topic of this episode. When we need to be with our littles, when they need full attention and interaction, why is it that for some of us, it feels so much like work? Why is it so hard? And why can't we enjoy it more? When my first was really small, it was a learning curve. And it still kind of is with two, to not blur the lines between playing with my kids and entertaining them. 
when they're small, when there isn't an older sibling to ringlead. If siblings aren't close in age, I think it's harder to keep that line a little sharper. I know some moms are just great at playing, like really great at playing with their kids and love it. Some prefer not to get their kids too used to being mom, used to mom being a necessary part of their play. They insist more on it being independent for mom. And then I think there must be others who just don't need to think about this as a topic because they may have kiddos super close in age who play well with each other and there isn't so much a need for mom or maybe not so much such a heavy or a heavier demand for mom's attention. I'm one who falls into the category of mom struggling to play cheerfully, happily, some days, many days. Anyway, last summer I remember seeing someone share, and these were her words, not mine, that she was ready to gouge her eyes out if she was asked to play cars or trucks one more time that particular day. And it was so good. It was one of those being seen without actually being seen moments, if you know what I mean. The mom guilt dropped away, and I felt half my weight I also had to go back to something that I wrote down when my son was really small, when he was a baby, and that kind of became a guiding star and helped me with blurring lines. It's a quote from the book, Bringing Up Bebe, and I can't remember the author's name, but it became a really good and simple rule of thumb. Quote, when the child is busy and happy, let him be. The mothers who really foul it up are the ones who are coming in when the child is busy and doesn't want or need them and are not there when the child is eager to have them, unquote. So this taking cues from a child's rhythm helped. It helped me to just understand that it's okay if we don't enjoy playing with our littles all the time and we don't have to all the time, but that this connection through play is crucial. It's not something we can shortchange because that face-to-face -face interaction is the primary way our littles gain knowledge. It is the primary way they establish connection, the way they learn and form relationships. So in asking myself why playtime with my kids feels so hard sometimes, I've pretty much settled on two points, two things. First, it's the dynamic of my kids and their ages, plus the reality that I'm with them almost all day long. And second is what I'd call the burden of preoccupation, but I'll get to that a little later. So first, the dynamic of my kids and their ages and our being all together. I have a son and a daughter who are five and 16 months, so they have a solid four-year age gap, and they are not the greatest playmate combination right now. It's the age of his budding new interests, and then having a baby who is just steps behind wanting to pull everything apart. So when we have times of play, which are frequent, I have to give some thinking time 
do what we can all do together that won't result in meltdowns for all of us. So we've had to really simplify play when we are together. Nothing grandiose, um, super simple. And I've found that putting something in front of them that I like to is crucial for me. So following their interests is great. I am all for child-led. But if cues are telling me that we need to do something together and we're going to color, for instance, I'm going to grab my own sketchbook. Or if we're going to sit and play cars or Legos, I'm going to make myself a cup of coffee. Our carpet right now in our rental is so full of stains. And I'm embarrassed to say that they aren't stains from my kids. It's my coffee from all of the floor time. And I cannot wait to get back to a wood floor. Anyway, the point being that anything that helps me relax into being in the present with them has helped. For me, it's been necessary. And I remember a cousin of mine saying a while ago, uh, she was talking about trying to find a good coffee because when people mom hard, I think we can justify a high quality coffee cup of coffee and I am on board with that a hundred percent and also just the fact that we are home all day together really does make a difference and I think I have had to learn to cut myself some slack to give myself grace because when I was working outside the home the dynamic was so different just the atmosphere of my playtime with my kids had a different feeling to it. It was much easier to relax into it because I was looking forward to it. It's just the constancy that can make it plain hard some days, and that's okay. That's how it is. The second thing that's made play with my kids hard is what I'd call the burden of preoccupation. And for me, that translates as the burden of social media or of Instagram for me in particular, because it's a real catch-22. Social media is an outlet. We need all the good things there. The creative space, we need breaks and breathers. Children need time to be independent. We need our time. But it makes it extremely hard to stay in the present. And for me, there's what I'd call a kind of, I don't know, a residual agitation I just cannot go from my phone to play without constantly thinking about a conversation, a new idea, a photo just posted, a response I should have given, the latest unfollower, on and on and on. And it makes it exceptionally hard to give our kids our eyeballs. And yes, it's our escape, our place to get away to, and we all need that, but I can see it in their eyes how our use creates a barrier they are very aware of. We talk so much about how social media affects us. We talk about how it affects our kids. But we don't talk so much about how our use of it affects them. And I did a Google search Um, just to look for some basic research on the topic, and I really didn't find anything other than 
you know, the comments about kids generally misbehaving when we're on our phones, which is pretty universally acknowledged, I think. We all know. We pick up the phone and we can't expect the greatest behavior from them. But there's nothing about that I've found so far about long-term, big-picture things. And there are enough podcasts and blog posts to give all the ideas. There's so much out there on how to navigate, how to establish boundaries, all of that. What I only wanted to highlight here is that there is this little piece of the conversation that I think is missing that is simply how our use of it is affecting our kids and how I see that it directly correlates with our interactions with our kids being harder. I think it can make them harder than they actually already are. Amanda Waters, um, I think she's Mama Waters on Instagram, her rest retreat on Instagram has been popular. And last year she shared a quote that was one really major takeaway that was really helpful. I didn't copy down who said this, but it's something she shared. It was from an article about abstraction versus being in the present. And this is the quote. It's short. Quote, the brain can only assume its proper behavior when consciousness is doing what it's designed for, not writhing and whirling to get out of present experience, but being effortlessly aware of it, unquote. And I can't tell you who said that, but it's somewhere back in her retreat notes. And it connects directly with this topic because playtime absolutely requires relaxing into the moment, being available in the moment. So for me, if there's playtime in my future, a bathroom break on IG is just, (laughs) sorry, I call it IG, on Instagram is shooting myself in the foot because it just whirls me out of the present. And then when I'm thrust back in, I'm writing to get out again. So really a vicious cycle. And one thing that I had to do to help me be able to actually stay or to keep on using the platform is something I'm not exactly proud of, but it helped more than I can begin to explain. Because when I first started using Instagram, I just hated the dynamic of people following my feed and then unfollowing once I followed them. So I know that this is just something that is pretty common. Um, I've gotten over it. But disconnection in the name of connection has just really unsettled me over time. And I understand that we can't follow everyone, but we're dealing with people here and not numbers. So back in the beginning, when someone would unfollow, I felt justified in making space for someone who who does. I wasn't interested in following people just to be their follower. Um, I 
was looking for reciprocation. So I used to spend eons of time searching for that person who unfollowed so I could unfollow too. And it was ridiculous. It was tedious. It was soul-sucking. It was energy-zapping. And I was just to the point where I thought, this is ridiculous. I am shutting this down. And then I did install an unfollowers app. And I have issues with that in itself, actually using an unfollowers app. (laughs) That's a whole other topic. But it was necessary for me to be able to continue on this platform without really going into an unhealthy place for me and likewise for my kids. So that's how I handle that for now. Not the best, obviously. It would be better if I could just not be bothered by these things at all. Just the way the way the app is designed. Treat it more like water off a duck's back, but I'm not quite there yet. Maybe someday. Also, this came from another mom that came just at the right time for me too. And it was keeping sound off so that, the way she put it, kids can hear that you're available. And if the phone dings, respond with, I'll get to that later. What we're doing right now is more important. And I tried it early on and, man, my kiddo just eats that up. If my phone happens to be on in the afternoon and it goes off, his eyes and his posture just visibly soften when I say it. Oh, I'll get to that later. You know, this is more important. And he'll repeat exactly what I've said. Like, he'll say it to me. Yes, this is more important. And watching him react and respond that way just fuels my wanting to keep on keeping on with this whole navigation thing. So, long-winded, that's all I've got for now. Um, But if you're thinking of this topic, and if you are identifying or pinpointing, you know, what are the things that are making interaction, play, connection with my kids harder, your, your points may look very different from mine. It's different for all of us. But if you do run across some research that is tied to this topic of how our use of social media directly affects kiddos, our kiddos, our little people, um, I'm really interested in finding out more. I just don't know if I'm looking in right or wrong places. I know it's got to be out there. We have to be on top of this for long-term, big-picture things in the future, but I'm just not finding it out there. So if you have some sources please do pass them along so that I can um, keep digging in and we can keep that conversation a little more open and out there. Also, uh, coming up in February, I think it's February 3rd, the first Monday of February, I'll start the next round or the next drop of Thrifted Things for Longfellow and Little Folk. And I'm excited because... In my profile, my Instagram profile, I say that Longfellow and Little Folk is made up of things that are thrifted, handcrafted, and upcycled. And to this point, I have not added anything to the shop that's upcycled, and I want to be true to that. So this month, I 
finally have something and I'm super thrilled with it so I'm excited to have that coming up along with a few things for little people that are uh, still winter related still some winter cozy huga but I also have a little bundle of things with a nod towards springtime so I've got that itch for the warmer weather and I think a lot of people probably do too so it will be a fun round of things coming to the inst shop the first Monday of February so thanks again so much for listening for being here I appreciate everyone and anyone out there and I will see you in February